0: Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. Joining me on this rip is Corey from MyMovies Plus and Jason Rink, the director and producer of the film The Most Cancelled Man in America. I hope you enjoy this show with these guys and listen out for the code that Corey drops in where you're going to be able to get yourself a nice little discount on signing up to MyMovies Plus. A movie streaming platform run by Corey on a Bitcoin standard and Corey himself being a huge maxi and been on the show many times friend of the show Corey big shout out thank you for coming back on thanks for doing all the work that you're doing and Jason thanks for your film you guys have to go and check it out we are going to discuss the film in this podcast before we get into the interview please make sure you are reaching out to the excellent companies that are supporting this show. Coin Corner have just dropped a massive bomb. <laughs> there is a picture of Danny and a uh, big shout out to Dangerous Dave from Accounts. Stood there shaking hands with the shake himself. You can't stop this. You cannot stop what is going on. The Bitcoin plebs together strong. Coin Corner are doing amazing things. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thanks for the support, guys. And I look forward to catching up with you soon and hopefully we'll do a rip about what you've been doing over there uh SwanBitcoin.com forward slash Bitten. That will save you the hassle of looking around to stack anywhere else and it's going to unlock $10 for you. They also have a Swan private service and Swan for advisors. So if you're a financial advisor and you want to plug into Swan's advice, you've got Andy Edstrom and chums over there willing to help you. Relay are the equivalent company. in the the eurozone Uh, r-e-l-a-i dot c-h forward slash bitten you can stack just by downloading the app with those guys they're a swiss based company julian's been on the show many times they also have a private service as well white glove service go check out relay do your own research but these three guys three companies can help you stack swan relay coin corner but take control of these coins Get them on a signing device, not your keys, not your coins. Shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten have you covered with the Bitbox02 Bitcoin only edition hardware wallet. And they are giving away a ticket to the Amsterdam conference. All you have to do is go find my tweets and find the giveaway. You basically have to retweet that tweet. They're going to put your name in a hat and a lucky winner is going to win a free ticket to Amsterdam. Get across to Liberty in Our Lifetime, which is coming up at the end of October 21st, 23rd. Link in the show notes. It is freedom-based conference talking about parallel systems. It's not purely Bitcoin only, but you will get to meet a lot of Bitcoiners there and hopefully Orange Pill, some of the Freedom community. Please also check out Consensus Network. You'll be able to buy your books there in many different languages. And Ungovernable Misfits for your t-shirts, hoodies, and other cool stuff. Brought to you by Max and a Bit by Bit podcast with Mr. Crown as well. Enjoy this rip with My Movies Plus and Jason. All right, we are recording. We're here with Jason Rink and our boy, Corey, to check, to sec. Oh, I mean, Hello. I should know it. I should yeah. know it. To
1: ch- too sick is how it's americanized but too check is how the Czech, uh the Czechoslovakians uh said it back in the day and if I went there and met my family that's how they would all say it all right so you'll be coming so to Prague right.
0: yeah exactly both right
1: <laughs> yeah no I haven't been to Prague and I, I I do I've been all over Europe except for there um if I, I have a funny story about uh my relatives over there but I'll have to share it after it's a it's it's a PG or it's a NSFW, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well,
0: Lauren's going to kick off the interview. So she's actually come prepared. She's written her question down. Uh, I hope you can read your own writing. Yes. Okay. So basically, my questions are either for like the both of you or like one of you to answer, or both of you can answer if you want at uh, different times. Uh, so the question is what is the freedom of speech?
2: What is freedom of speech? Mm -hmm. yeah well you know that's a great question and uh i'll take a crack at it um you know because there's a couple of different ways to look at this in 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 america right uh so uh when you're dealing with freedom of speech generally many people in america will will immediately go to the first amendment of the constitution and they'll talk about you know how the government doesn't have the right or they're prohibited from um, you know, infringing upon you know citizens' rights to uh, speak out on whatever they would would do in a peaceful manner, um, it gets into actually, you know freedom of the press, things like that. And what some people do is they don't understand that the Constitution is actually written as a limitation on government. And so the First Amendment is specifically about what the government can't do to limit free speech in the United States. When you get into the question of what uh, companies can do and and that sort of thing, when it comes to having policies in place to prohibit certain types of speech um, on those media platforms, things like that, it gets into a different um, category of free speech, right? And so you know, um, and it can get a little complicated because we've discovered over the last uh, you know couple of months and years, frankly, that. Um, the United States government at times has pressured those private companies to do censorship on its behalf, which is a, a massive violation of the First Amendment. Uh, and so we we are now finding ourselves in the United States in a very interesting blended world where the government and, you know, quote unquote, private companies are in league with one another, making decisions about what kinds of speech should be or should not be allowed on these different digital platforms and media platforms so uh but all of that being said free speech is essentially the idea that um individuals uh have the ability to speak out in in a free manner not be censored um and that what is known as the marketplace of ideas or putting different ideas out into the public sphere allowing people to debate them to talk about the merits of them to talk about you know the the ideas that aren't so good that in that process some of the better ideas the more uh, virtuous ideas the more uh, you know uh, the ideas that are that are better uh, the ideas that will move you know us towards more human flourishing and freedom and that sort of thing those ideas will will rise to the top and begin to have dominance in the culture that's that's at least what we think would happen if the public space and the public sphere were were a free speech uh area so i don't know how i did on that Corey. what would you say
1: yeah no i'd I'd back that up and that like a you know kind of highlight everything you said and then um and then you know on top of that you know what with the pressure that comes towards companies um lauren like i don't i know over in europe there you guys have a different set of laws and i'm sure it's even crazier than here but like you know i'm i'm wondering when movies plus is going to get that knock on the door that says hey you can't put this up there you know like we we with this first documentary um you know the first like exclusive one we had it uh it definitely was like kicking the hornet's nest um and that's why the idea you know i think i mentioned before on your dad's podcast that we have a idea to eventually make it a decentralized server farm um that can run operate on top of the bitcoin network and is uncensorable um and so you know there it is this quasi weird world we live in right now where like you know you do have freedom of speech to say whatever you want but now all speech has moved into the digital realm and the companies that control those uh you know Uh, airwaves I guess they are the ones that uh, that can censor you because people say well Twitter is you know its own company it can do whatever it wants and it's like well that's technically true but we've been finding out that the government has actually been I mean we have actual evidence that the government is telling these private companies to kick people off and and stuff like that so it's it's interesting because I don't think they'd ever be able to like ban the use of a ham radio, which I don't know, Lauren, if you know what that is, but like, you know, it's, it's like a radio that you could use and it uh, and you could talk like we could probably talk over the radio on a ham radio to each other right now. Um, And uh, they can't interfere with that, but you know, everything has gotten the internet's been great for many things, but one thing it has not been good for is the centralization of, the way everything goes, you know, like everything on the goes through the internet and to each other. So if, if they can, you know, put the pressure on Verizon and, and, uh, you know, the other companies, uh, to that do the telecommunications, then they can basically do whatever they want and they kind of operating behind that. So freedom of speech to me though, I, I think the reason it's important to defend kind of like Jason said, it's the cream will rise to the top. Um, the good ideas will always win out. And, uh, and you'll find this, Lauren, as you get older, is that you'll, you people, you know, when you start disagreeing with people, if you, or if you see two people debating, no matter how good of a debater somebody is, the longer the, the right idea or the true idea or the one that you're more attracted to is out there, the, the more evident it becomes. Um, so that's why I think it's important because if we suppress, if we suppress the voices of people we don't like, then we're, we're eventually going to be the people that somebody else doesn't like and they're going to suppress our voice. Makes sense? Yes, and I got a question for both of you, too. Have you ever explained that to uh, a child? How do I explain that to a child? Have you ever had to explain freedom of speech to a child before?
2: I don't think I have.
1: No, I don't think so. This might be the first. That's why I was trying to, as I was going through the idea, trying to relate it because... um, like uh, I think Lauren I think my kids are a handful of years younger than you and like you know I've I've talked to them about bitcoin but like you know I sit there and I I listen I hear you guys on the podcast I'm like oh that'll be cool someday whenever they're Lauren's age because you know you're you're getting it and it's the idea starting to click um have you ever told so your kids it, to shut the hell up Have I ever told them Yeah <laughs> Um I've told them I've never said shut the hell up but I've said I've said, I've said, <laughs> if you say one more word, <laughs> you see, as parents, Lauren, we shut down freedom
0: of speech all the time.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, families are essentially socialist slash communist slash dictatorships, yes. uh, you know, so that's a different mode of government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: But we do say, shut the hell up to you when you talk a load about
0: it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Or like, please stop talking about it. Or yeah, I don't <laughs> want to listen to one more thing. But the idea of like freedom of speech, like let's say, for example, I'm watching something on television and you come in and you say, oh my God, daddy, that's so boring. Why the hell are you watching that? Uh, that You are allowed to come in and say that, right? You have that right. You can uh, portray your opinion. That should always be your right to to say that. Make sense? Yes. Okay. That's what needs protecting. But that is what is being taken away from us on, on platforms, as these guys were telling you about, like Twitter or Facebook. If I tweet something, somebody might say, yo, you shouldn't be tweeting that and delete that tweet on my behalf.
1: So therefore, if my freedom of speech has been, you know... Um, taken away from me and it could be something as simple as your dad saying something like i think we should stop like i think masks are stupid and pointless and then like just because you shared that idea you could get banned from all the platform well you know there it's funny nowadays all they're coming out saying like the government saying all these things about the uh certain virus that we won't need name but um but uh you know, they're coming out and admitting these things that a year ago would have got you kicked off a platform, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's kind of, it's this weird thing. I don't know. And I, like, I hate the fact that we have to self-censor because, you know, I'm sure you, you do it, um, Daniel, like, mm-hmm. you know, where there's so many things that we could say yeah. um, and J- Jason actually is banned from Twitter. Yeah.
2: You know that the interesting thing is, is what is the evidence that started to come out or the smoking guns And this is this has to do with like Alex Berenson's uh, lawsuit. You know, he was a a writer and he was on Twitter and and he was banned for things that he was saying around uh, the virus, Um, the you know, and then he won a lawsuit against Twitter, essentially. Um, And, um, you know, he he's revealed documents that showed that there was collaboration between the government to try to actually specifically censor. Uh, But what 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 I believe is that there is also that kind of smoking gun evidence for the issues of the 2020 election and January 6th. And the reason I believe that is because, um, you know, shortly uh, about a week after January 6th, you know, we had the opportunity to interview on January 7th, the QAnon shaman, the guy with the horns and the face paint who went into the Capitol. Um, We had interviewed him uh, several weeks before And so when january 6th happened we were in town and we interviewed him on january 7th we knew him we had a cell phone number he sat down with us and then he he went off to jail two days later uh, he was arrested by the fbi and so when what we did was we cut a a trailer together about this film that we were going to release uh because we knew we had this interview we'd gotten some other content we put it together quickly put it onto youtube um and, and this this trailer was just simply a documentary trailer showing that, yes, we did have the interview with this guy, that we had a feature film that we were making about it. And we put it onto YouTube. Within a few hours, it had nine, 10,000 views. And uh, put it onto Twitter and Facebook. And within 12 hours of of posting it, um, I was permanently suspended off of Twitter. I'm, I still am. I cannot get another account. Um, and my Facebook account that I had over 4,000 friends on that I'd had for many, many years... Was shut down i could not retrieve that again and it was simply because we had a documentary film about the most significant recognizable figure of january 6 that didn't even have a political position um, but there was something happening in the aftermath of jan 6 leading up to the inauguration where um, the government was specifically targeting you know internet influencers anybody who was putting out counter-narrative content around the election in Jan. Six, anything that was remotely that way, and so when that ban happened from Facebook and Twitter within hours of each other, um, I thought at that moment that there's there's conversations happening, there's some sort of collaboration, there's some sort of message that went from down on the top to get those removed. Um, so you know that 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 was um that's that's been very serious and it's had a huge impact on our ability to do business, on our ability to promote. The content that we're we're putting out there, and um, I've lost multiple accounts since then as well. But uh, yeah, so it is real, and and it has an impact on content creators who aren't too big to cancel, is what I like to say. You know, those of us who haven't had the opportunity to build YouTube channels up to half a million subscribers or a million subscribers, you know, when those people get attacked through this cancellation, you know, regime they often have many, many people come to bat for them. A lot of other loud voices are going to come in. You know, when they tried to censor Joe Rogan, obviously he's just too big to cancel. You can't do it. And so it's it's removing the opportunity for new content creators to rise up without censoring themselves. In order to build that following on those platforms, you have to self-censor. And, you know, the idea is, well, I'll just self-censor until I get a big enough audience. And then it's like, well, you, you can't start speaking the full truth then because then your monetization is at stake or whatever it is. And so it really is, a, it really is creating a situation where the kinds of information and conversation that are had on those larger platforms just isn't happening.
0: Mm. Well, Lauren, we're going to release. So do you want to say thank you to these guys and see you next time? Bye. Thank you and then we're gonna, we're going to carry on this this line of uh, this line of thought right now and um and I'm just going to dig into that little uh, rift there jason it's almost as if the powers that be were conspiring against these smaller guys to counsel them to push all of the uh viewership listenership whatever onto those that have already created this huge platform Joe Rogan perfect example as if like if you actively help centralize that listenership now you can co-opt it further down the line that that seems to me putting myself in like those people's positions that's the kind of business model I would be looking to to run
2: yeah. I mean, if we think about it that way Um, and, you know, I, I think so I'll say two things. Number one, podcasting has ended up being sort of the, the place where it's still, you can still get away with saying some things if you're strictly podcast, right? If you're on iTunes, if you're on Spotify, what have you. And I don't know if part of this is due to the fact that like the technology isn't quite there or the ability for them to, you know, read audio podcasts and flag them in a in a quick, powerful method, right? I'm not really sure what's behind that, but, you know, Steve Bannon's war room is still on like iTunes, you know, and it's like, you know, he's been long since canceled from, from YouTube, you know, probably one of the biggest pot... Podcasts on the right, you know, he's absolutely anti-regime.
1: Wasn't he just sent to jail too?
2: Uh, he was arrested again, but he's actually not in jail, you know. They oh, do that these was just perp a perp walks. walk, Yeah, they do these public perp walks, and then you get people who are confused, they're like, Why is he podcasting on Monday morning? It's like, yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a public perp walk, you know. Uh, but um, yeah, so it's it's interesting because y- y- you still have some places that are major platforms, but But I think that that's not going to be for long. And what you said about this is where you see a move to sort of consolidate, right? Um, This is cartel behavior, really, when you think about it, because it's like they can't get rid of these big, these bigger voices, right? But they absolutely can create a situation where those bigger voices are going to, you know self-censor themselves to a certain degree Mm -hmm. especially once you've pushed them all to these particular platforms that maybe aren't as subject to it but you know they were trial ballooning it with spotify you know and and what happened with spotify is interesting because you actually had jen saki you know who represents the white house who you know when when they decided to flag joe rogan's you put a warning label on one of his COVID episodes or a handful of his COVID episodes, Jen Psaki said, you know, Hey, that's great. We'd like them to do more. You know, that is, that is a violation of the first amendment according to Supreme court rulings, because those, they don't have to explicitly operate or command or demand. They have to, all they have to do is say things that those companies will implicitly know, Hey, listen, we want you to censor more. If you don't, we'll bring you up before Congress, like they've done to all the tech CEOs. They they understand that the government holds in their hand the ability to change the rules and the laws, and you know, really, really radically shift the benefit. Um, and and these larger companies, they all want the cartel. They want to continue to have that sort of that sort of captured market. They even even places like when you think about Facebook. When we talk about how they actually, they actually want to write the regulations that they will be subject to when the government finally does it, because they will craft them in such a way that it prevents competitors who are rising up in the ranks from being able to play on the same field. And this is the same cartel behavior that's happened in America throughout, you know, centuries. And so, I, I think that's that is a, what you're seeing there is accurate. It's like. The 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 biggest players are going to be, uh, you know, on these bigger platforms. They're they're not able to be totally canceled right at right now, okay. But there's a time down the road once all of the uh, smaller creators have have been pushed aside, they're all on the alternative platforms that do not have any of the reach that the big platforms do. Then they can change the rules from the top down and essentially make a terms of service. At the government level, this is what I think is 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 possibly going to happen: that all of the platforms will have to then push up upon upon the creators.
1: Yeah, which I think is basically. I, mean, I was just going to add in that I think is it's a race between the governments and the freedom seekers to see who can get there first, because you have to be able to have a decentralized system in place before the government can can impose that.
0: Well, and we know what these guys are capable of, right? Uh, you, you put, if you put these people, it happens all the time in mainstream media. You put someone at the top of the pile, like, uh, you know, week after week after week, this is the greatest person in the world. And then um, then they either get crushed or they get co-opted. And yep. like you, you cannot convince me that Joe Rogan isn't censoring himself. When he's paid a hundred million dollars by Spotify to to sit on that throne, um, goodness knows the conversations he he could be having. If Corey he was like you're running a value for value model, which you know we see playing out over the next five to ten years with podcasting 2.0, where you know you can stream Bitcoin and the micro payments uh, directly to the content creator, and then you are, you, you your content speaks for itself. Via the pleb network that is listening to you and finding value in what you're doing, rather than, you know, signing out to a huge centralized party that's going to pay you a lot of money and leave yourself open to co option or blackmail or, you know, anything like that, which is basically the, the legacy way that any of these cartels have pushed their agenda forever.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think it's it's it is interesting too to note that you do have uh and 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 Corey, I agree with you that there is a race going on right now. You know, because it's like you've seen some people again. You have to you have to have a b- decent platform and reach right now, or have had it recently, to be able to have an impact in making this transition right at this moment. Like Glenn Greenwald has been able to le- You know, he left the Intercept, which he started right. Yeah. <laughs> And he's on Substack and Rumble now, right? And Glenn was big enough, you know, significant enough, had a big enough following, still on Twitter, right? Where he's, you know, there's this model where you can see, oh, okay, Glenn Greenwald's probably making more money right now than he was as just a, you know, the founding partner of the intercept. And so if you could take that same concept though, and you say, hey, what if, what if. There was a way for us to tap this into the bitcoin network and what if there was a way for there to be micropayments and what if there was this way to do this v- much more decentralized peer-to-peer uh you know of media distribution and then you know monetization and we see it on the horizon like i think a lot of people recognize you know it's it is there somewhere but um you know it, it does take i think some big names and people who have reach and name recognition to sort of go out on the vanguard, right, to do these things, you know? And so, you know, I I would say, you know, with Joe Rogan, it's like, you know, he's got quite a bit of money in the bank now, and if he really, really wanted to be a massive disruptor, he could do it, and he he could do something very significant that was outside of the mainstream platforms Uh, completely and have those conversations, you know, I don't know how much his decision to not have Trump on uh, has played into this, right? Like, I mean, you know, he made a statement that he wouldn't have Trump on, you know, Trump is canceled from everything. Like Trump is the thing that would get the people internally at Spotify to lose their minds. And is there a person on the planet who could have a better conversation with Trump over like two to three hours? I can't think of one. Right. And so, you know, sometimes I wonder when Joe was like, yeah, I'm not going to have Trump on, I don't want to help him out, you know, whether that's totally legit or whether there's a little bit of that co-opt and compromise happening already there, you know, because I think, I think Trump is one of the most dangerous people that he could have on.
1: Um, Yeah. I, I also wonder, I saw somebody float this idea, so it's not my original thought, but they were like, I wonder if Joe has a handler, you know right at the uh, you know right, the, right. at the cia or whatever and then the, and then all of a sudden i was like oh my god he has that one guy like former cia dude that's like on there like once or twice a year you know i was like ah there we go what do you <laughs> what do you mean by handler what's sorry like fill me in that the dumb brit sitting on this um pond. like basically like somebody kind of like being like look this is what you can do and yeah. we'll let you go this far uh you know but like don't push the don't push this button or this button or this button you know and and we'll we'll let you have your quote-unquote success Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know it's just i saw that i saw somebody float that idea and i was like interesting uh, interesting. well you uh, never know
0: (laughs) it would not be any great surprise would it i mean come on let's 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 talk the uh let's talk the truth here um talking of which talking the truth that that's the reason we put this together um so Corey, if you want to fill the listeners into to to why you reached out uh to 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 bring jason onto the onto the um onto the podcast and and have this discussion what's going on at my movies plus and with jason's movie and uh, get everybody up to speed and then we can get into uh discussing the film
1: yeah yeah so um first of all to give everybody all your listeners a uh special promo if they want to get five dollars off an annual um, subscription, they just have to use the promo code bitten nice. B-I-T-T-E-N, um, and they'll get uh, five dollars off and it's like less than two dollars a month uh, for your ad free uh, subscription where you can there's a lot of content that you know is just general content to you know watch like uh, Halloween, Christmas all those different times. Um, we have thousands of titles, but uh, yeah, ex- the exclusive title that we released originally, I'll kind of go forward then backwards. So it mm-hmm. uh, was the, uh, the most canceled man in America, um, but we're doing uh, then our first original with Jason, which is Q sent me, which is about the, that Q shaman um, that we were talking about the guy with the Buffalo horns that went into the Capitol uh, where like, we literally have the only interview footage of this guy. Like, he didn't become a face. You know, he was on every headline mm-hmm. whenever Jan 6th happened. And then they interviewed him on January 7th, and he's been in jail since. So, like, you know, they have the only footage of this, like, one of, one of the most recognizable faces um, in the world where you could show it, you know, in, like, India, and people would be like, oh, yeah, I saw that guy on, you know, a headline. Um, and then after that, uh, Jace, the the other original that we're releasing... With um, uh, Jason on Movies Plus is uh, the Steel, where uh, Jason and Paul Escadon were following um, the Stop the Steel movement, uh, where they were, you know, going and and having rallies and everything. That all kind of led up to the culmination of January sixth. Um, but then, you know, what originally the first one that we're releasing, which is um, it's just a, an ex- exclusive to our platform, it's called the Most Canceled Man in America. And it's about, uh, Nick Fuentes. And, um, and so we, uh, you know, I, like I I've told people before, I said, I don't necessarily agree with his public persona. Um, but I, you know, and like, I also could like have a conversation with the kid. Like, I think we're, you know, there's probably like everyone in the world, there's things that me and him would agree on. And there's things that him and I would disagree on. And that happens. That's, that's a common thing. And we've lost that somehow. So that's a bigger conversation, but anyways, um, uh yeah it was funny i didn't um i didn't even know i never honestly heard nick's name maybe i heard it once before and uh all of a sudden uh phil gibson which if you're a bitcoiner you might know phil gibson and he's been on your show before mr sue yeah mr good old mr sue um phil starts texting me and going like hey because like phil is like so on board he wants to be a part of movies plus and we want to make that happen in the worst way so if you guys use that promo code the more subscriptions we get the better we can help fill um help fill out and get him into a job at a bitcoin company um, and you do accept bitcoin and hold bitcoin on your balance sheet right just for the plebs we, they can pay their subscription yeah. in bitcoin we we don't have the we don't have the capability yet but for pay accepting payments um Okay, so if anyone like listening party. to
0: this can help Corey and my movies plus out accept Bitcoin onto their balance sheet. via, well, But we do have it on our balance sheet. Oh, you do? Right. We okay. Do, yeah. So it's just accepting the payments. That's what you need help with, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to yeah, reach we, out and sort that out for you. Don't worry. Yep.
1: Believe me, we hold it on the balance sheet because just before this, I was doing our corporate taxes. And just like, it's the most painful thing in the world. And I was sitting there <laughs> looking at the, the, you know, new form we have to report for the cryptocurrency gains and losses and all that stuff um and my say cryptocurrency it's just cuz that's what it says on the form we only buy bitcoin we don't touch anything else um but but uh, anyway so mr sue phil um he you know hits me up and he goes dude you got to listen to this podcast and i was like and he sends it to me and he goes it's a it's you know this filmmaker that I've watched his films before he's you know big like libertarian I mean I, don't, I don't want to identify you as a libertarian if that's not what you identify as Jason but he <laughs> you know Phil was like guessing based on um right. based on the the content he said I you know he seems really based he's like I've seen his documentary like an old documentary he did and he made this one about Nick Fuentes who got kicked off of every platform and they released they were going to release the film at uh the Freedom Fest in Vegas and vegas canceled the film so even the freedom fest was restricting freedom of speech no and way. to phil you know wanting to get movies plus so, you know like as much he's doing everything he can to help and so i listened to it and i'm he's i said wow that, that sounds like right up our alley so he connects jason and i together um and then jason and i started talking about the other movies um And we're like, basically, we're going to do this deal and have Movies Plus Originals for Q sent me in the steel. And he was like, we have this Nick one. If you want to do it, great. If not, like, I understand. And I kind of was like on the fence. Like, I was like, you know what? Like, it kind of might be easier if we don't do it. Because, like, this is going to bring some serious heat. Um, And also, at the same time, though, we were like, if this one gets through, then we know we're good. Like, this is a great baseline.
2: (laughs) Start with the most volatile project, you know, the most (laughs) controversial, the one that's actually resulted in losing, you know, uh, video streaming accounts or, you know, social media accounts, right?
1: Yeah. 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 So I was like, I was like, well, and then like we internally on the Movies Plus side with the partners, we've joked and said, and I've told Jason this before. I said, we keep saying like, you know, we like the good news is like for, movies plus his entire history we'll be able to look back and go like well like this might be tough what we're about to do but it's not gonna be as tough as the next doc, Nick doc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. most canceled man in america that was whew. um so um so yeah so we you know we then like as we just started like really contemplating it you know what we were like we were like yeah we're just gonna go for it because you know i i think i think i mentioned this on um when i was on Infowars promoting it i mentioned how on joe rogan he had these podcasters that are brits comedians that do uh freedom of speech i forget what and, and they were talking about if you don't stand up for the voices that you don't agree with then what do you stand for with freedom of speech you know and like i said i mean there's some things where nick could say some things and i'm like oh, i agree with that and there's some things he disagree with and and then that gets into the bigger picture where you're like you know across the board, like you're just not going to agree with everybody all the time. So you can't pick and choose who you censor. So anyway, so I'm like, yes, this is definitely what we want. And we decided to go with it and released it exclusively on movies plus. Um, and it really just tells the story about what happened to Nick when I mean, I'll let Jason um, get into that. Um, but, you know, cause there's obviously a Bitcoin angle with that as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's how we got connected. And, um, and then I just knew I was like, well, there's, there's something crazy that happened with Bitcoin that that uh, hurt Nick significantly, and um, and then also you know just other crazy things.
0: All right, so Jason, then let's let's pick this up. What um, what attracted you to? Uh, did did you already follow this kid? I'd never heard of him. Like Corey, when Corey reached out to me and said, you got to watch this film, and then. Uh, you know, uh, interview Jason. We got to get this story out there. I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. I'll, I'll watch it. I'd never heard of him. Uh, you know, like uh, we're, we're pretty uh, sheltered from
1: the um, <laughs> this kind of stuff from across the pond. Um, and Which, ca- by the way, I think is ironic, like that their censorship is what caused us to find out about him. Right. The, the, you know, that's the mean? beauty. Right. Like, yeah, no, yeah. we're gonna
0: cancel you. You're not coming to Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. Like, what right. a red flag. Uh, so. Had you been following him for, for long?
2: Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that all of the films that we're in production on right now is entirely a result of deciding to go follow the Stop the Steel movement after the 2020 election. And so, you know, I, I had been politically involved in Ron Paul's campaign in 2007, 2008, was involved in. You know politically and what was known as the tea party movement in 2009 2010 here in the united states and and when i, w- I really wasn't politically involved in the run-up and even during uh like trump's presidency and in the run-up to the election uh but when the election happened and i started to see the this election protest movement sort of bubbling up i caught wind of it on twitter and whatnot. And this guy named ali alexander who had this organization called stop the steal and i said you know this seems like it's got kind of t- reminded me a tea party you know 20 2009 2010 but a little more anti-establishment it's definitely totally MAGA. and so me and my filmmaking partner paul Eskindone, you know i just managed to connect with ali alexander on twitter and found ourselves out in the field um in georgia you know like a week after the election And we just started following those guys around for about, you know, 10 weeks as it were, and uh, managed to get a lot of behind the scenes of what was going on, interviewed a lot of the the key players that were involved in what was happening. And this whole thing was on unfolding in real time, you know, like these, these, these rallies and at all these different cities and everything. And, and so what ended up happening is guys like Alex Jones were massively involved. And then this guy named Nick Fuentes, who, had this show called America First he's like 22 years old or whatever and you know i'd heard that he's like you know a white nationalist or whatever i'd heard a lot of like negative things about him but when i was out on the stop the steel um you know journey um i saw nick get up and he was speaking off the cuff you know at some rallies and like i had the 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 you know experience of like Wow, this guy is one of the most articulate, like well-spoken, knowledgeable and for how young he was and I just saw people resonating with what he was talking about. And so, you know, we just had filmed Nick a little bit on that journey and so um, you know, a few months later, um several months later, we heard that that Nick had been um, under investigation by the FBI and put on a no-fly list. Hang on a second.
0: The feds? Something is playing in my background, dude. It's the feds. It's definitely the
2: feds. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Something started playing in my pocket. Um, And hang (laughs) on. Anytime,
1: Anytime I'm on the phone with Jason, I just know that they're listening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I need you to hang on one quick second. Corey, take the ball real quick. Um, for me for just one minute, because I just realized something's going to happen to my camera I think is going to shut off here. <laughs> okay. But um, uh, what I wanted to say is we just saw that the people were responding to Nick and Nick's message. And so um, we heard that he then was under investigation by the FBI, that he was put on a no-fly list and that the, the government had seized a half million dollars for his account from his bank account and they had not charged him with a crime. And we were like, wow, this is really significant. What's going on here?
1: Yeah. And the the crazy thing is that the the half million dollars was not I mean, they don't say this was directly the reason, but um there was a somebody in the UK was sending Bitcoin to people on the far right in the US around the around the whole inauguration, I think, or whatever. Um, and so whoever that was sent Nick a half million dollars in Bitcoin. Mm. And, you know, because Bitcoin is uncensorable, they couldn't touch that. But what they could do is get into his bank account and put a legal order on it. Like where like he, he you know, they we show it in the documentary, but like it on like, you know, your online bank statement and it just shows like $486,000. And it says, yeah. le- the description is legal order. And all yeah, the and phone, I, yeah, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna jump in there. Yeah, so, you know, there was this, there was this guy. I think he was in France um, who sent uh, a bunch was of. it Bitcoin. Daniel.
0: No, it wasn't me, brother. <laughs> was like, yeah, yeah. I lost all mine, so you know, yeah. I, 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 I just do these pods just to try and, uh, you know, get by. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's right. You've lost it all in a boating accident. Yeah. I understand, and uh, but this guy sent some Bitcoin to a number of what would be known as far right people in the United States. It was in the aftermath of the election, you know. And so uh, what ended up happening was there was an amount that was in excess of $400,000 in Bitcoin that was sent to Nick. And so because January 6th happened and the federal government labeled that a terrorist action, okay, that's how it was, you know, listed. It was a terrorism event. They were able to then use the legal system to go and, Track down money that was sent to people that they believe were involved in said terrorist action, right? And so because Nick was involved in the Stop the Steal rallies, because he was present in DC on January 6. And on 60 Minutes, Michael Sherwin, who was uh, one of the head guys at the DOJ, you know, kind of tracking down the January 6 people, he said that they had a shock and awe a strategy to round up as many of the biggest internet celebrities as possible mm-hmm. to like sort of scare people from going to the inauguration and whatnot. And so what they ended up doing was they're able to ter- determine that Nick was given this money in Bitcoin. Okay. And now they couldn't seize the Bitcoin, mm. but what they could do is they could go and seize real assets from him in the equivalent of Bitcoin and say, Hey, listen, this was used to fund a quote unquote, you know, like terrorist action because they're using these degrees of separation to to take Nick and say, oh, yeah, he was involved in Stop the Steal. He was there on Jan 6th. He didn't go into the Capitol. We don't have a crime on him, but we're able to then seize his funds be, through this series of, of leaps. Right. And so for me, that was that's we don't get into that into the documentary, mm-hmm. partially because. It's 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 a it's a it's a well reasoned speculation at this point. Like that's the pieces all seem to fit together, but it's not like the federal government has said this is what happened, right? But so, so what idea- we're assuming,
0: just just for the bitcoiners that are listening to this, what we're assuming is maybe Nick's got a, a bitcoin address on a website somewhere where he's able to receive bitcoin. Yeah, somebody sends that in, that address gets flagged. And then the feds are like, "Well, we can't seize the bitcoin, but we can put you negative four hundred eighty thousand dollars on your bank account."
2: Yeah, or seize the real assets, right? And in in his case, like property or whatever. They seize cash, Hmm. and you know, I I I don't think it's much of a stretch to say, "Oh, can they um put a levy like put something on your house?" Like Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, whatever the power of you know the IRS has, the federal government probably has as far as being able to like put some sort of legal order on real equity, tangible assets, if they can use these sorts of, these sorts of leaps to say, Oh yeah, no, that, that was a, that was a terrorist action, you know, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so I think it's really significant because it's like many of us who have been in Bitcoin for a long time. One of those things that's, that's appealing, right. Is this idea of it's sort of private and it's sort of, you know got a certain level of of being outside of the financial system and yet we are seeing i think some evidence that the the federal government can sort of backdoor you on it mm-hmm. and uh you know if they still if they don't steal half a million dollars of my bitcoin but they still half a million dollars of my cash you know that's that's not that different
0: <laughs> yeah or, or yeah. like uh you know take possession of your house or um, your collection of cars or whatever it is right um, Yeah,
1: yeah um which is why Bitcoin is just so awesome because they can't take, it's the one thing that mm-hmm. they can't take possession of, mm-hmm. you know, you can just memorize 24 words, go anywhere in the world and you got it.
2: No. Yeah. And so it, the, 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 the real war on censorship, you know, as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, from, for the most part, it, it's, it's, it's one one thing I think it's important to realize is that a lot of what we see going on right now is actually the battle between force and power. And I'll define this for you is that, you know, government is force. And specifically in the United States right now, the left is force because that is what they have to be able to accomplish their goals. And what you see is it's people who actually have power. And I define power as being able to. know have an impact in the world not through force but being able to mobilize have a message that that can you know rally people together that can go and change people's minds all that that's real power right government only has force the left has force and what they're doing is they're using force to shut down anybody who they see as a threat who has power that's why alex jones gets shut down that's why nick fuentes gets shut down you don't have to agree with nick But it's, you know, you do have to recognize that he's got tens and tens and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, mostly young men who are loyal to him, listen to him. You know, he's resonating with them. He was able to generate hundreds and thousands of people in the streets during the Stop the Steal rallies, like at the drop of a hat, you know? And so, and he's anti regime counter narrative. And so, it's like, that is real power. You know, we saw this during COVID as well. COVID, they used force mm-hmm. to get their way. But anybody who had real power, it was the people who were speaking the truth and saying, who are questioning the narrative, they had to get rid of them. And so we're seeing the use of not just social media platform technology. You know, Nick has been banned from dozens of platforms, you know, Airbnb, you know, Uber, you know, uh, Amazon AWS, you know, like- uh, all banking apps, you know, PayPal, et cetera, et cetera. You know, actual banks, and so it's not just the inability for us to get be on Twitter, you know, which does suck. It's like, oh no, now there's a whole mechanism of banking, travel, booking hotels, all of that. Um, all of that is now in an interconnected web, whereas where the left and you know the woke. Culture can just get a 100 Twitter accounts to tell a company they can't allow this person to book here or use this service or, or a sponsor to do this. And it's through that kind of soft force that is being used to make sure that not only can we not speak our minds, but that we can't bank, that we can't get our money out, that we can't travel. So uh, that's why with, the, with Nick's story, when, when we found out he's put on a TSA no fly list, and they had half half a million dollars seized from his bank account without being charged with a crime, that became a significant story to us, and a very much a canary in the coal mine situation, where it's like if this can happen to this guy, who many people won't get up and defend, because of of some of the things that he said, some of the things that he's, you know, said to be standing for, it's like, but look, due process and freedom of speech only matters when you defend it for those who are the most difficult to defend it for because once they begin to do it to those people they come for the other people they Mm -hmm. come for the rest of us and we're seeing that happening all over the place
1: oh yeah and i mean even like the people you know there's a lot of people on the right that just treat him as like radioactive yeah like you know (laughs) where there's just there's so many people that have said like hey man like you know we like we we'd push, you know, but like, we'll push the next one. We, we can't talk about this kid. And I'm like, you know, like I, like, you know, and people have businesses at stake. So it's like, and you don't know what every, anyone's situation is, but like my, what I've said to so many people and my message to everyone on the left is like, you know, let's just say, hypothetically, Donald Trump runs for president in 2024 and hypothetically he wins. Do you want him to have the power to seize your bank accounts and put you on no fly list because you are on the left or because you liked a CNN post that was talking, about, you know what I mean? Cause like, that's where, that's where this heads, whether you like the person in power or not, it, it ultimately is a negative. It, 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 it's a zero sum game. And, you know, so like, yeah, like if, if Donald Trump wins and gets back in power, he could use the government to his advantage to monitor your accounts and if you like cnn posts he could put you on a no-fly list i mean that's literally what is the possibility right now and that's what we're standing against so it's like you know i i, I actually am like kind of flabbergasted that this story about the most canceled man in america like yeah nick is so far right and has some you know different views but like th- this should be like I, if i was on the left i'd be like whoa, whoa, whoa this is this is a big problem like you know like this this should not be happening to anybody because you know well, it's hardly inside, all-inclusive you know? yeah yeah exactly yeah right. yeah, it's not yeah i mean and that's like i like i've said before and then you know whatever it's people don't but i'm like i'm not you know i've become a libertarian and just pushed into the middle and but you know i'm not a trump supporter but like when he got banned off of twitter that like was one of the most sickening moments of my life. That woke a lot of people up around the world. Yeah,
0: even us plebs over here, and like, uh, you're like, what? Wait a minute, uh, who has the power to do that? Like, uh, you know, and the amount of propaganda and um, brainwashing against the dude. I mean, you know, everybody here had a negative view against him. I would say, not everybody, you know, what am I saying? But but that was what we were fed, you know? All right. of the news, little clippets and whatever else that we would see, he was made to look like a clown. And you, if you're not in the room, you don't know what's actually going down. You feel as though you're in the room when you get that 38 second clip on Twitter that's been clipped and edited for full effect. Uh, but, you know, all of that aside, banning anyone from twitter is just downright bullshit but you <laughs> the president of the united states but then the gaslighting that's when it become because he's inciting violence and he's inciting uh you know this 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 march against um the capitol and inciting uh riots and and public unrest and all of that and everyone's like oh yeah, yeah of course he should be I mean, he was an idiot anyway let's get on to the next president
2: yeah exactly yeah and and you know it's interesting because i think i think what is is really useful to remember too and and this is why i think you know r- trump is having rallies right now where there's like 20 30 40,000 people coming out to it it's it's just totally crazy he's not even running right really up- like we don't and- ever know that like that's news yeah. to us like yeah he's he's having rallies along with you know, candidates for Senate and whatnot. And they're huge. I mean, they're enormous. And it's like, um, that hasn't really stopped. And, you know, in the lead up to the election, you know, Trump was having these massive rallies. I mean, the funny thing was Trump got like COVID he was out for three days and then he was doing two or three rallies a day for like three weeks. You know, it was just, it was insane to see what was going on. And one of the things that, cause I wasn't like a total MAGA guy. Um, when I started making the steel, But when I was involved in going out in the world and seeing what was happening, um, you know, I was like, wow, the energy is like nothing I've seen. You know, he ended up getting like 12 or 14 million more votes than he got in um, 2016. He got in 2020, you know, people like to talk about how he was so unpopular. That's why Biden won. And it's like, he, no incumbent president has actually done that. Obama got less his second term, you know, and so even even that doesn't really fit the narrative. And I'm not on here saying what happened with the election. All I'm saying is that there's a lot of people in the United States who are really resonating with Trump more than he did was in 2016, in my opinion, and more than even in 2020. And I think what is happening for many people is they've they've one good thing I have seen happen on the right is because I am philosophically a libertarian. I'm not somebody who thinks that the libertarian party is really the vehicle for freedom, okay? Uh, but I'm philosophically that way. But I wish I th- it
1: was, but <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a, you know, a topic for another, another podcast yeah. maybe, yeah. but it's like it's like what people saw and I think the silver lining of of COVID and the lockdowns and things is that and and through Trump's presidency is the right started to question like the Intelligence agencies, the right started to really question the media. The right started to say, Hey, wait a minute, we don't even think Fox News is that much better than CNN. They started to look into some of the most trusted institutions that they had, even the military, you know, and recognize this is a massive shift. You know, when Ron Paul ran in 2008, he was like booed off the stage for being anti interventionist. Trump actually had that in his platform. And, you know, like you will see many people on the right now that are not supportive of what's happening in Ukraine. Right. So there has been some really beneficial shifts, I think. And what's happened is people have more and more seen that the media can't be trusted. The CDC can't be trusted. The government is lying to us that it's all about the the expansion of federal power and potentially a managed decline of the entire country economically to satisfy some possible globalist, you know, World Economic Forum agenda that wasn't even on the radar for many of these people in 2016 until COVID came around. And so that's why I think Trump, given all his flaws, is just so dangerous to the establishment, why he was before, is that he is a loose cannon. He is anti-establishment, and he exposes the uniparty apparatus between sort of the establishment left and the establishment right. Um, and he's he's managed to ride this populist messaging wave that's, that's appealing to people who have been politically disenfranchised. And so I don't think there's any way to stop that. Um, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how that that continues to be, you know, how the establishment continues to mount up an attack against it, and a lot of what that is has been, you know, trying to say that you know people on the right, MAGA Republicans, are the most dangerous terrorist threat facing the United States right now, um, you know, and it's it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting political situation in, in the United States that I've never seen before.
0: So if we bring this back to Nick, like the subject of the film. Uh, that the way, you know, having watched the film, uh, really good. Thank you for, for doing that and releasing it. And, uh, it. you know, it it helped kind of tie a lot of loose ends together uh, from, you know, what we were being fed over on this side of, uh, of the pond. Um, I got the feeling that here's a young man. Uh, he's got a lot of ideals. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. He's a brilliant presenter, a very good orator. Was he tapping into this ideology that was springing up that he saw that he could use to elevate himself, to make himself a lot of money, or to get himself uh, you know, into a position where he could perhaps run for political office one day? how do you feel about like uh, his kind of persona his character um you know what drives a person to do that what are his incentives hanging over his head
2: yeah that's a really good question and i think one thing to can, to look at is you know um you know nick calls his show america first and america first i think is a phrase that kind of trump popularized really um and and, and so number one i think what's interesting is to consider whether or not a sentiment that is sort of baked into the America First ethos is on the rise or or not in America, and I think that it is hard to argue that that is not on the rise. It is hard to argue that there that and this is a this is a this is a the weird dimension of how strong you know the establishment came out against Trump. It's like they acted like Trump was you know the next Hitler. And the truth of the matter is, is that was totally, total crap, you know, but as a result of the Biden administration and some of the things that are happening politically and economically in the United States, it's like this, the next variation of Trump or whatever the right might generate could look more like what they said he was going to look like, you know, this idea of, Hey, more and more people are starting to say, listen, we have to care about only America. And the well-being of America. We're going to shut all the borders down. We're going to, you know, do the X, Y, and Z that prioritizes America. What they would dis- what they would say is like American culture that gets into all things when it comes to religion, race, ethnicity, all of that. And so, th- the interesting thing is is as this message has been sort of fought against, and people have said, "Oh, this America first thing is toxic and whatever." I think it's actually driven more people to look at it and say, you know, there is something here and many people look at it from the standpoint of saying, hey, our politicians should be America first. They should be con- you know, concerned about American citizens, the rights and privileges of American citizens above all. So I think that that core message is is on the rise in the United States, especially with the young people that he that aren't totally polluted by like leftist woke, you know, ideology. Okay. The second part of that question is that, you know, Nick will be able to run for president in like 11 years. And I, I anticipate that he will. Um, I think that, I think that, you know, Nick would tell you that he's making way less money since he's been shut down from all the platforms. He's had to build a lot of these platforms, his streaming platform he had to build from scratch like even the way to process payments you know he's had to put a lot of things together to still monetize and continue to get his message out there and so i think it would be wrong to say that 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 nick is very driven by money frankly um i think that he's he's um right now in a place where he's he's doing worse than he has before on that dimension but i think his audience is actually growing pretty fast and so um i do think he has political aspirations i think it's important for people to recognize that and it's one of the things with the film that i thought was was important was that we wanted to present nick and some of nick's biggest followers um in america first kind of as they see themselves in their own words and you know when people watch the doc they're going to see things like Nick saying he will die for what he believes, and it, you'll see Nick as considers himself a Christian nationalist. Right? There's a deep uh, Catholicism in a lot of what's happening there, um, as as he defines it. You know, I'm not saying all Catholics are going to, you know, necessarily be down what's going on, but but you know, many of the young men who are getting involved in this are finding something there that they're not finding elsewhere in American culture? And I think that's the other thing that's really important to look at is to say, hey, rather than to say that Nick's message is toxic or whatever it is, is to say, why are young men resonating with it? I think it's very similar to what uh, Andrew Tate got got banned off of online. I don't know. He's another character that's sort of, come up recently and he's been called a misogynist and all of this. And, and yet many young men are flocking to him. And and I think what people are missing in all of this is saying, Hey, what is it that our culture, it, that, that men, young men are not finding something that they're looking for, whether it's transcendence, something that bigger than themselves to be a part of uh, a sense of mission, Mm -hmm. um, a sense of leadership, Um, And I think that that's somewhat of what's happening with Nick and the America first movement as well. You can argue that it's misguided. You can argue that, you know, it, that Nick's just a grifter, you know, trying to elevate his personal brand, um, you know, for other purposes. And I think even that, if that were true fails to address, there is something, there is a vacuum here in the, in America that young men are finding, they're not finding places to plug into and, and finding the kind of role models that they're looking for in our culture.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say, I mean, there's kind of, there's the danger to that. You know, like we're used to seeing, you know, all the America war movies about the Middle East, you know, where it's like, you know, these disenfranchised, you know, young men who have nothing to live for, no aspirations and stuff, get recruited by the Taliban or whatever, and, you know, get swept up into it. And that's how they get radicalized. And if you listen to, you know, um, uh, Majid, Na, what's his last name, Nawaz, Nawaz, uh, he was on Rogan, and he's he's like a former jihadist. Um, that's on British. Well, he was on British radio, but until he started questioning, until uh, so he started, uh, he started questioning COVID. Then he got kicked off. Hmm. Um, but uh, but he, you know, you you could see that happen here. And so I think like culturally on the, on the bigger spectrum, like, you know, we're, we're having, we have this culture that's telling kids that are boys that are growing to be men, that it's not okay to have the male or like, you know, the male desires that they have, which is, you know, to like create, to, to congregate, to, um, you know, get their hands dirty and, and make things. And, and just, I mean, there's this book I I read a long time ago called wild at heart. And it's like, it, it is like a book that like, I think a lot of like couples will read, like a woman will read, like when she like finds the man, she's going to marry. Like, it's like a good, like understanding of like, like what, what is wild about like, why does a man have that like wildness about them? You know? And, um and we just live in a world where like you're all boys are being told that's bad all young men are being told that's bad. So it's like getting suppressed and you can't get rid of that. It's going to come out somewhere. So you just have to be careful, you know, um, you know, I'm not oh, s- necessarily. Manifest say- itself. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that it, there's even any, any organizations or groups at the moment that could pose that kind of danger, but that's how that people could get swept up into that is that, you know, you just, you create this generation of, you know, TikTok watching people that just slob around on the couch. And then on one day they wake up and go, I don't have a reason to live. And they, and then they find something. Some the first person that comes down and says a few buzzwords that they agree with, they're going to go, I'm going to follow that guy. And they are an impressionable mind that can then be manipulated for other people's gains. And so that's I think that's the danger of the political spectrum right now. And then, you know, not like suppressing that, you know let's just say hypothetically that the american first group is is that danger um suppressing that d- d- is just pouring gasoline on the fire. absolutely you know what i mean like if you know if like <laughs> i say that like people were talking about like comparing him like that he's like you know hitler and i'm like they're like well, why would you give a voice to hitler and i'm like so that people could see how insane hitler is like if if like if this was 1930s germany like you know and you put like hitler on like tv and and like people would be like oh my god that guy's like that is nuts you know and like what, what that's the things he's talking about are insane right you know but like it gets pushed down and pushed down and he absorbs the people around him and builds a following and then when he gets power he silences anyone that goes against him you know so it's like all of a sudden then you're you're getting propagandized and you're like i guess this is how everybody feels you know and then you start to disenfranchise the whole nation and you know get them to be just like all right i guess i'll follow that which is kind of what we have in america like mm-hmm. you everybody just wants to be like my guy's in the office i feel good for the next eight years you know <laughs> my guy <laughs> didn't they threaten wasn't
0: there a bomb threat at one of his uh conferences? that was yeah
2: there was at the last one actually right um so so
0: that's to Corey's point right you know like if you're just pouring gasoline on the fire
2: yeah and you know the other thing i would say is it's like the truth of the matter is is that you know trump wasn't anything like hitler and yet they make the comparison and nick is also not anything like hitler it's like He's either a, like, um, you know, an internet meme lord or the next Hitler, but he can't be both, right? You know, it's like, and it's like, you know, when you listen to his content, it's it will occur, it occurs to people often like, oh, he's actually a funny, entertaining, provocative radio show host, really. And it's like, but very few people are going to be like, oh, this guy is like, massively dangerous and somehow or like you know it's just it's kind of absurd and so the problem with that though is that like now once ever when everybody's hitler nobody is right so it's like it's like you know and they they say you know the reason crying wolf is so dangerous is eventually the wolf comes right and it's like you know we the the people who are being painted you know you know Uh, homeschooling moms who go to school board meetings are terrorists, you know, it's like, it's just, I know that. I know how that
0: feels.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So now I think we've got a situation where that kind of stuff actually drives people to check stuff out Mm -hmm. and then they find out that it isn't what it seems. And it continues to erode the credibility of the media and the government at this point. I mean, you know, right now we have a situation where, you know, ever since, Uh, Like the the day before Biden gave his speech last week or whatever, you know, the press secretary kind of started trotting out this, the dangerous MAGA Republicans like sort of narrative. And it's like, what does that even mean? You know, and it's like, there's 72 million people voted for Trump. So are you actually saying that anybody who would cast a vote for Trump is like an enemy of democracy, you know, and by the way, what do you even mean by democracy? Right. So I think a lot of this I think there's a lot of this stuff is backfiring on the establishment on the media on the cathedral as they say you know like and there is a a time of awakening happening right now the concern I have is that if we move into a economic recession or depression you know let's circle this back around to the financial conversation in bitcoin right it's like you know Most people's resources are tied up in their 401ks. Most people in America have, you know, can't access a thousand dollars in an emergency. Mm -hmm. You know, we're experiencing high energy, food prices, all of these things. You know, so the question becomes when we have the majority of our society who is going to be in a situation where they have to ask the government for help, where they have to ask the government. To help them with their food their energy everything else you know what's going to be the result of that and you know i think it's it's important now more than ever for people wherever they're at in the world to make sure that you've got money outside of the fiat currency system you've got assets that are outside of that system that you ask yourself what can i do to maintain my own liberty and freedom and autonomy in the case that the, you know, the, the society begins to crumble a little bit, that certain things begin to fall apart, that maybe we're we we have not experienced the full brunt of the results of the lockdowns and the trillions of dollars of money printing and spending that that we haven't even begun to see the impact of that. I think those are the more important questions. And the political question is at the center of it because in those kinds of vacuums or in those types of situations is when revolution can break out and where leaders can rise up and step in. And the question is, who's stepping in? What message do they have? And, and who, who, who's going to follow? Um, so I think that's why we're at a little bit of a precarious time. And I think that the political uh, conflict the ideology, the friend enemy dimension of so many political conversations that are having right now, um, you know, is dangerous and, and, uh, you know, anyway.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, that's why, like, obviously I learned cause I, for a brief period was on zero and then I learned, oh, wait, you know what you need to, you can't, I mean, I, you know, I don't own anything but Bitcoin. Um, but unfortunately at the moment you do have to use cash for some um, and uh it's just a reality um and you know so bitcoin is the hedge against inflation it's not going to always be a um you know short term hedge against inflation because um, You would think as prices are going up, you know, when I first learned about Bitcoin, I would have thought right now that Bitcoin would have been going up and, you right. know, like eating up those differences and everything. But then you look at like the Weimar Republic and the volatility of gold right before, um, you know, the hyperinflation incurred. And you're like, wow, like gold was even more volatile than Bitcoin is right now. So, so you know, I I tell people now, you know, I'm like, buy it with money that you can save, you know, make sure you have a little runway of cash for yourself in case, you know shit hits the fan and um you know just just keep adding to your stack of bitcoin um because they'll never be able to touch it now you know i this is like my tin foil hat theory um but i kind of wonder if bitcoin is the re- like cuz jason you mentioned something that you know i think a lot of people have talked about where like they're kind of like bumbling their way through this like if if the powers that be wanted to achieve this global world one world government they wouldn't be like tripping over themselves as much like i feel like they're making so many mistakes you know where they they push too far and they're like whoa that's backfiring that's backfiring you know and i honestly like have been wondering now for like over a year i'm like i i wonder if bitcoin you know maybe it's not the only reason but Bitcoin could be the reason that this is all like that they're flailing and acting so sporadically and and trying to do it so quickly. Because in reality, like the most important part for them to keep power is to control the money. They have to going forward. That's the only way that they keep their power. And so, you know, without Bitcoin existing, you they probably look at it as like, okay, we have a 50 year period to like transition this over. And that can't happen now. Like Bitcoin is re- adap- adapting and being adopted too quickly, you know? Right. And, and I think, I forget who it was, but like in one of the Bitcoin docs, they talked to like the one FBI girl that they hired to like, see if you could shut it down. And she was like, you can't like, they like right off the bat in like 2011 or 10, they were like, how do we stop this? And she was like, well, I mean, you really can't like, cause you can't buy up all the Bitcoin cause they're not even out yet. You can't, you know, unless you go around and shut down everybody's computer that's mining it, you can't do it. Um, so, you know, it's like, I I think that for some grand conspiracy to push us towards this one world government, like they would not be rushing it as quickly as they are. And I think Bitcoin, honestly, to me, is one of the main catalysts to them rushing it.
2: I I'll just say a quick thing on this is like, you know, Given the way that, like, um, Wall Street and the SEC has blocked, like, non accredited investors and people without money and resources from actually making any real money over the last number of decades, you know, for a long time, right? You know, they were protecting everybody so that they couldn't actually invest in anything or right? your safety. It's
0: like,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Bitcoin is like in this weird way, it was the way that if you, if you uh, can't, you know, were exposed to it, understood it, and recognized, you know, okay, this is a this is a hedge or a way to be outside of the global fiat monetary system. It's like a short against the global currencies or whatever. Like it was a way that the average regular person could front run all of the financial powers and across the globe. Really, like in. And, it, and it's interesting that way because, you know, even now, like, uh, I mean, you know, Wall Street in many ways was like blocked in, in some ways from putting their their massive resources into it, right? You know, and it's like, it's like it occurs to me that that, that has shifted the power um, in a way that I don't think is manifest yet, partially because the type of people who have been able to front run this over the last, what, 12 years or however long? I don't I don't know exactly how long we are on this on the Bitcoin experiment, but close close, to third
1: of (laughs) January. Yeah, almost 13 years.
2: Yeah. It's like um it's the 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 mindset and philosophy of many people who find themselves in Bitcoin share a lot of the same ideals. Like at least there's a certain DNA, especially of early Bitcoin adopters. And I think people who have continued to get into it and people who hold through the downturns and don't get shaken out of it. Right. Like I think when all said and done, there's going to be a group of people worldwide who have a premium on certain things like privacy and Liberty, that can be a real problem for, you know, global governments across the world. Um, so I think there's something to that.
0: Why aren't you making a film about it, Jason?
2: <laughs> well, I, I will say this, you know, uh, right, Corey, right. We yeah. <laughs> finance all of our docs out of our pocket right now. And I'm trying not to sell any Bitcoin to uh, finance my docs right now. I'm trying to spend this pesky uh, depreciating fiat, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's funny, man. There's, there's so many stories to tell. I would encourage uh, a rising generation of storytellers and filmmakers to begin telling some of these stories um, you know, we've got about three films in production right now. I'm vetting out a couple of new ones and we're hoping to raise some money on the backs of these other projects um, that we've been working on for a while. So never say never. I definitely think there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, good stories to tell there, but uh, yeah. I, I and, all school, you, <laughs> all,
1: and all the plebs know, I mean, seriously, the money that movies plus makes goes right back into productions. That's, you know, that's the game of growth, you know ultimately, but um, you know like i have to, I tell my wife all the time, like all the business side stuff that I have to deal with for being a business person drives me nuts because I just want to make movies. That's all I want to do is tell stories and um and it's really funny because it'll like you'll dig like someday whenever I'm like writing my memoir, and like it'll be like, how did you start you know the biggest?" streaming platform that overtook Hollywood and absorbed all like became the free speech protector for the world blah 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 that's like my really arrogant view um, <laughs> but, but uh, that's <laughs> what
0: you've manifested on paper that's what we love Corey this is what we're that's here great. to do yep
1: so you know it's like so how did like how did you do that and it's like well if I boil it down and I go all the way back to it's this guy I, me and my friends wrote a movie that I still haven't produced and I'm going to produce with my own money but like in in college i was like i had a a legit hollywood production company that was that did like uh they were behind um they were the ones that greenlit um like the movie waiting uh just friends and other stuff like that they were they're really big and they were like we we like this story can you guys write it and we're like oh my god and we're like this is it it's gonna happen um and then they ultimately they were like we don't have you know space in the budget right now like you know but like keep in touch with us and i'm like damn and then this guy, you know, this random person was going to invest like 2.5 million dollars into it. And I was like, here I am, like my life set, I'm ready to go. Like it's all, you know, uphill from here, I'm going to be a superstar right out of college. Didn't happen. Money fell apart. You know what I mean? It's like how many times so it's like this one movie I've been trying to make the whole time. <laughs> and and here I am now in my 30s like and I have a streaming platform that I will say is doing really well and you know, it's like and I I I'm just gonna end up funding it myself. I so, can't like, wait to
0: see this movie.
1: I, I cannot wait to see
0: uh Satoshi pulling out the Batwing in front of his friends. Uh
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> Satoshi and then uh, there's a
0: waiting reference for all of you UK players that are probably thinking, What the hell is he talking about? Go watch the oh, movie. Oh yeah, the Batwing. Yeah. <laughs> the Batwing bitch. Oh
1: <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, it's just you know it's uh, i forget where i was even what i what well, i started of course, on there but, you know you have know, got the batwing on your on the front of your mind now yeah like, yeah. yeah it's hard it's hard to un, unsee that once you've seen it but you know it just <laughs> it uh oh my my point <laughs> my point being is that you know with all you plebs that uh you know listen like it's like you know we i think jason was pushing around like the the message that like this is like signing up for movies plus is a vote for freedom of speech yeah you know and so it's like, first of all, you're going to pay, you know, if you get it for five bucks off using the promo code Bitten, um, you know, it does, yeah, yeah, it, it's got to smoothly get that in there. Um, it does multiple things because we'll, you know, uh, we'll, be- it'll benefit Daniel. You know, I know he doesn't like to talk about his shilling and podcasts and whatnot, but like anybody that does that, like, you know, we'll support his podcast and it supports the platform it supports jason it supports the ability to tell new stories like this in the future so um and it's like it's really it's you know we do our best to like uh you know try to keep the costs low and and be able to reinvest everything into these stories and one thing i want to do eventually is have a section of it where people can just like post whatever like almost like a reddit board of like this is my idea for a movie and then, like, if it, you know, based on getting up votes and down votes and stuff like that, it, like, lands in the top 10. And if you're in the top 10 at a certain point in the year, then, like, you get greenlit, you know. And, like, we just, we just have a a, bund- a pile of cash sitting there. Like, hey, we're, we have a million dollars. We're going to fund 10 $100,000 documentaries, you know, uh, start submitting your ideas. That's and- awesome.
0: There are plebs out there looking to make these films. I, I just interviewed uh, Pierre Corbin. Who made the oh, yeah. the the Great Reset? I believe you have the Great Reset on My Movies Plus, yep. and he's busy making his next film, and um, he's using um, one of the the pleb crowdfunding, well, the pleb crowdfunding uh, platform Geyser G E Y S E R to uh, to help connect with plebs, not not just to fund the project, but to find people like, is there that sound engineer out there that just wants to leave his fiat job and wants to help push forward a project that is going to push the message of Bitcoin on a platform like my movies plus that is, you know, ethically aligned with their own views and freedom of speech is, uh, is paramount to, to what they believe in. You, I think you said this somewhere at the beginning, something along the lines of, if if you got truth on your side, that's, You'll stand up against anything and you will attract the right people to come and, uh, and help you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, and it's, it's funny too. Like I'm not to like go down like the religious aspect, but, um, you know, cause I'm a Catholic and like my, my desire and search for truth has made me question so many things of like the establishment of, like the hierarchy of the, you know, cause I sit there and I'm like, Oh really? Like, I mean, I don't know. Jesus was talking about um, taking care of the poor and like, we have like a lot of art and gold in Vatican. Like, I don't know. I'm like really not comfortable with that. Like, you know, it's like, that's just, that's not, I don't think that jives, you know? And it's like, it's just this, uh, you know, this, that's what I found myself in the, in the, the Bitcoin world. And it's funny. I, my friend, that uh, told me if he's, if he's listening, he's going to shake his head again. But like, he's one of the smartest people I know in the world. And he's the, he told me about COVID like two months before anybody else talked about it and explained like point by point, what was going to happen. And he predicted the riots, he predicted everything. And, but he just doesn't get Bitcoin. And, and so I sit there and I'm like, I started questioning like, Oh my God, am I wrong about something? And then he said it, he said, and I think there's even some other one, uh, cryptocurrencies out there that are better. And I was like, ah, you haven't written, you haven't dug in that much. Right. you haven't dug in enough yet. Like, and I, he, I told him that I said, you haven't dug in enough. That's what it is. It's not that you don't understand it. It's not that you, you're you not smart. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I understand it better than you do. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, I'm just telling you right now, like objectively, there isn't a better cryptocurrency. Because they're all have a central point of failure. All of them have a CEO. They all could <laughs> be shut down by just somebody knocking on the door of the CEO. So it's like, so objectively you were you were incorrect. And and you know, he'll he'll get there eventually. And we all have those friends, you know, we all yeah, have those yeah. friends that you just know, don't it, get it. It's that classic meme, isn't it?
0: Go on, say the line. It's like I'm looking for the next Bitcoin. And then all the kids. Right. Are like, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's funny, it was It was a lot of my under even my understanding of Austrian economics and like looking, you know, gold, the gold bugness that was put into me during the Ron Paul days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I listened to a lot of Peter Schiff back then. Yeah, of course. Mike Um, Maloney. That was actually an obstacle for me to really embracing Bitcoin Mm -hmm. because I just couldn't get there right away. Like, oh, wait, this digital thing somehow satisfies this currency situation, right? it 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 was something that I don't think many people foresaw that it would come in that form, right? and obviously i've 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 turned that corner now. but you know, I do have sympathy, you know, and I, I spent ten years in commercial banking, by the way, like uh, in nice. a previous life, you know? And so it's like like i I have sympathy for people who are even very, very intelligent who might actually understand many things about money in the financial system of this world who still can't quite get there on Bitcoin or or don't really fully understand how the implications of it, you know? So I think that's what's important to keep doing, like creating content like you're creating, man, and, and other people who are, where it's, it continues to provide an access point where people can come on board, they can have their eyes open in different ways, have certain things reinforced. And, uh, you know, I think it's the one thing that, we don't even all have to be on politically the same side of of the road. Like there's a there's a unity that can be created through Bitcoin that uh, provides you know freedom and human flourishing for people um, where where I think they that you don't find that many other places. So uh, so you know, I think I think it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next you know 12, 13 years. Um, you know, I think uh, these global currencies are going to continue to go to zero uh, eventually, and uh, you know, hopefully, we've we've been able to reach out to and impact a number of people with with the truth on multiple levels. You know, at that time, so
0: yeah. Well, keep making your films, brother, and uh, keep putting them on my movies plus, Corey. Uh, what 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 you guys are doing is very very important. Uh, I hope uh, a lot of the plebs reach out. Uh, especially those that are trying to make their own movies. Uh, I'm sure they can reach out and, and ask for any advice or use your networks in any way, shape, or form.
1: You're both on your heads. This is audio. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah. And if we can get, I mean, in, if I can get somebody to help me figure out how, I, I mean, I have app developers and stuff, but it's just not on the forefront. So, if anybody knows how to quickly implement an RSS feed into the platform, that would be um, huge because, you know, I would love to be able like right now to host, you know, your podcast, Daniel, I, I do it, but you'd have to send me every video file and then I'd have to upload it, you know, so if we can tap into the RSS, Mm. you know, um, and I'm sure that stuff will come. I mean, that's all like down the road, you know, and like on the, on the horizon for our development and stuff like that. But if there's any plebs out there that, Hey, like, he doesn't need to wait. He could do it now. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. All right.
2: Yep. Go check out movies. Plus get a cheap subscription, watch uh most canceled man in America. And uh, our other two films will be uh, included when they release in that annual subscription. So, you know, you're basically just paying once. You'll be able to see everything that we put out in the next 12 months. So we're yeah. excited
1: about it. Plus access to thousands of movies. We have over a hundred Halloween films coming out in October uh, you know, horror, all that kind of stuff. And then we have Christmas and um, we might even do like a little quasi festival some point over the winter. Oh, that'd uh, be cool. Online film festival. All right. Um, all right. So, yeah, it's like, you know, hey, for 25 bucks, you get access to all that stuff. And frankly, if prior to me owning Movies Plus, if we were to do, you know, if Jason and I were to work together, I would just, I would distribute this on like iTunes and all the other places the nick one would probably be the hardest and probably would get canceled but um you know we would charge $14.99 to purchase one so like you know you're getting that and and I don't need to help. everybody knows that I, I I'm not going to oversell it yeah. uh, just just join <laughs> us for the ride and well, and uh, be a part of something crazy
0: this is what I you know that there's going to be people out there there's the um the pleb movie gang right that that are deep into their movies that love like cinematography and all of this and it's been I mean, let's be fair. I mean, who the fuck wants to watch another Fast and the Furious? I mean, like the the the, the <laughs> movies over the last 10 to 15, 20 years have just been so diabolical uh, that uh, hopefully Bitcoin fixes this and it gives people that uh, self-agency to go out and make the movies that they want to make. They don't have to, you know... So the line that, you know, big Hollywood uh, producers are are just that content that they've been themselves co-opted into putting out, like pushing these narratives. Perfect case in point, the Bond movie being held back two years, just as COVID was kind of coming off that kind of huge... Like, worry is like, okay, let's put on a a bio movie weapon about secret agents and all that just to make sure everybody's still scared. It's just so obvious now. It's like, (laughs) it's just ridiculous. Uh, So, yeah, we want more independent movies and and Bitcoin certainly fixes this. So, any plebs out there listening that uh, have this interest, reach out to these gentlemen. They can help you. They can, you know, connect you throughout their networks and, you know, push this forward and whatever skill set you can bring to these two as well. But I've got to ask the last question. Now, Corey, you've you've had many practices at this. Uh, so I'm going to go. Yeah, with, I'm still nervous about it. I'm going to go with Jason first. Go for uh, it. All right, Jason, if you had one last orange pill to give to somebody so that they could understand Bitcoin in an instant, but you only had one pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why?
2: Wow. That is, that's a great question.
1: Um, it's it's such a hard one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Because you're trying to figure out like, you know, the way I see it is is like trying to figure out who you could give it to and it would have the most impact, right? Like, like, do I, am I trying to have global impact, multi-generational impact? What is that? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I guess I would say right now I would like try to orange pill Trump because I think he's going to be I think he's going to be in the running for, you know, he's going to run for president. All right. So if you could get Trump to be like the total evangelist for Bitcoin while he's out there on the campaign trail and that impact the 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 mega normie out there i think that would be a pretty big win right like uh so you know uh I, i hope that doesn't make it sound like i come off like i'm just totally like some trump worshiper but i think you can't underestimate trump's ability to orange pill other people um you know uh because of the way that he moves through the world when he believes something and thinks he's right let's put it that way well
0: he's the orange man yeah, right. <laughs> he might as well be
1: orange pilling people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and
0: he's now gonna like uh yeah, if if you tell him by the way, Pierre Polyev is uh running for uh Prime Minister in um in Canada and he's on Bitcoin, you better step your game up, then uh yeah. yeah, yeah, y- right. y-
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You're not the first, pal. So
1: yeah. yeah. Come yeah, on in, Corey. That out. what do you got? Uh I mean you have no idea how I've been thinking about it for over a week because <laughs> I knew this question was coming. And it's like so many different names come to mind. Um, but given what we were just, what I, one of the things I just said, I think if you could orange pill, the Pope, that would be pretty awesome because solid. Um, like I said, whereas like the whole, like, are we really helping like the prosperity of people? And, you know, do we really need like, you know, $40,000 brass tabernacles, to like you know protect the uh, communion like or you know maybe could we just get like a regular thing like a reasonable price and then use that money to like i don't know like stock the food kitchen like for the you know the 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 local food bank you know it's like and so if you could if you could orange pill the pope then like you know to see the the church you know which i mean you know it's the biggest church in the world like just like shed all of its like physical possessions and um and be much more go balls tuned. deep in,
0: go balls deep in bitcoin <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> because then they'd be like they'd be like oh it's this odd. is how we can like help everyone you yeah. know like cuz like our our local diocese has a has a mission with the people of Le- uh Chimbote Peru and you know like my dad used to deal with that and like how much money they lose in remittances mm-hmm. and i was like dad like you you know like they lose like a percent or less if it was remitted through bitcoin you know what i mean so like if you had like all, every church everybody that's doing these missions you know cuz that would spill over into every christian you know sect and and schism and and they'd be like any charity everywhere they're helping. There'd be more money going to them because it would be less getting you know caught in the red tape. And I don't know. That's that's where I'd go. Uh, well, that, right I on. love
2: that. I love that answer because if if the Vatican, uh, you know, it's like they've got like billions of dollars of assets under management. If they just moved it all into Bitcoin, that that'd, that'd oh, be yeah. good on the price yeah. action too. You know, yeah, it's
0: not bad. that'd be a nice pump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Vatican pump. I don't
2: want to make it all about all about how it benefits me, but you know, hey. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the Vatican pump. <laughs> all right. Solid. I I, I learned a new word. I have no idea what a tabernacle is. So,
1: well, it's the yeah, it's the uh, where the uh, the host and uh, the body and blood of Jesus Christ are kept, uh, like after they've been consecrated and blessed. Um, you know which like there's a there's a reverence to it so I get it that like you don't want to get like you know some cardboard box but like you know $40,000 like I mean I'm just citing that because I know that (laughs) as an example of like a specific tabernacle that I found out it was just the door of it cost $40,000 the door of the little box and I was like you know and like, grateful. that's what it, mm-hmm. like. The thing I love about like <laughs> Jesus is like, you know, like he would be like, he was so based. Like if you go back and like, look at the stuff he did and said, like he was openly mocking the powers that be, which were the church and the state. And he, you know, the only time he ever got mad and showed anger was whenever he went into the temple and flipped the tables of the money handlers. You know, so it's like, you bet you're, you know, like, I know there's a lot of Bitcoiners. They're like, don't bring God and religion into Bitcoin. And I, I get that. And I don't really want to, but I'm like, you best believe if Jesus was around now, he'd be a Bitcoiner. Yep. I love it.
0: And yeah, that's
2: legit.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, he, he'd
0: be a, a Fiat jihadi. Just, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, what Bitcoiner doesn't want to go into the money handlers and uh, just flip the tables? You know, we all want to do that
2: yeah absolutely
0: for sure man yeah like the the central bankers i mean oh goodness me all right guys is there anything we didn't cover before we uh before we close this one down uh, we, we've gone through making movies uh the far right the far left uh religion and <laughs> a
1: tabernacle uh so... <laughs> i think we found a way to like offend as many people as possible okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like it's as been, if we this been fun, man. This been we had an of offensive bingo card, and we were like, we had to like hit different topics. We like, yeah, if anyone was playing
0: all. podcast bingo tonight, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, th- 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 probably everybody's won. So well done. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. No, yeah. I think that's it. You know, just watch the most canceled man in America on movies plus. Remember, use promo code Bitten to get five dollars off. Um, and yeah, and then you get uh you know. Access to all the other things. The Q Sent Me is gonna be crazy. I'll just I'll leave it at that. That's where like this dude is nuts. He's crazy. Like he's and he's and he's entertaining. Like he's, Jason's editing it right now, so that's what yeah. he you know spends you his life me. on.
0: Is this gonna be the uh the, yeah, you the can tiger check out, this is gonna be the tiger king of movies plus, right?
2: That's how I've talked about it. Really? Tiger American <laughs> politics. <laughs> if you go to QSentMe sent dot com, you can get a little taste of the film there and uh you know i think it'll be uh it'll be it'll appeal to audiences of all political stripes so
1: yep love it. all right all right guys well i'm gonna head off
0: to bed great to uh great to catch you guys and uh thank you Corey, for reaching out and putting this together uh i love what you're doing at my movies plus um brilliant pled movement jason wonderful to meet you uh
1: yeah
0: i have you uh now in my network and if there's anything else i can do to help you just please reach out anytime You know, my network is uh, your network because we're Bitcoiners and that's the only network that counts.
2: Appreciate you, brother. Thanks.
0: Take care, guys. All See you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this RIP with Jason and Corey. Like I said at the end there, reach out if there's anything you want to discuss with them or a project that you want to put together. Corey's doing great work at My Plus. Use that code. He shouted out in the middle there. Sign up at My Plus. Get used to the platform. Have a look. See what content is on there. Use that code BITTON. Get yourself a discount. Go watch The, canc- the Most Cancelled Man in America. It's an interesting watch. I don't know how you'll feel coming away about the dude, Nick Fuente. Uh, up to you. Make your own mind up. But go check it out. And see what other movies are on there as well. And uh, last shout out before we sign off to the show sponsors and, and check out my tweet thread about the free ticket to the Amsterdam conference. If you don't win it, use the code BITTEN at checkout and you'll get a 10% discount on all of your tickets. But you could be drawn the lucky winner. Shift Crypto are giving away one ticket. If you do not win that ticket, they're also giving away some 20% discount codes and also some caps, some free, uh, some open source everything caps, which apparently are very well sought after. They also have the BitBox02, Bitcoin only hardware wallet, so you can use that 20% discount off that or anything on their merch store. It's definitely worth just retweeting, getting your name in the hat and just putting yourself out there, who knows? Some lucky pleb's going to win. Also, big thanks to Swan Bitcoin. If you want to get across to their conference, it's Pacific Bitcoin Conference on the west coast of the US. Being held out in LA, you can go and hang with the whole Swan team. You can use the code PRINCE or hit the link in the show notes. That will get you a discount on your tickets. Relay you can stack with. They are the Swan equivalent here in Europe. Relay.ch forward slash bitten. And Coin Corner, give them a big up on the socials because they're doing some great fucking work, these guys. And they're now getting about, I don't know, on board how many millions of people in the Middle East? Fingers crossed. Amazing work, guys. Well done. Danny, Dave from Accounts, and team. Check out Consensus Network. They have the books in many different languages that you're going to need to help orange peel your family ungovernable misfits brought to you by max at the bit by bit pod with mr crown making incredible merch and please check out the liberty in our lifetime conference being put on by free cities foundation i look forward to seeing you at all of these conferences take care
1: guys look forward to the next show